0: great new documentary uh, that's coming out, going to be screened in the New Zealand International Film Fest uh, here in Dunedin in a couple of weeks, is called The Fifth Eye uh, by veteran documentarians uh, in New Zealand, Errol Wright and Abby King Jones uh, of the Operation Eight fame, another classic New Zealand documentary about uh, the hidden hand and political skullduggery. Uh, with us on the phone right now, we have Errol Wright. How are you, Errol?
1: Uh, yeah, really good. Thanks.
0: Thanks for joining us, and uh, really thanks for making this movie. Um, I just watched it this morning, and it was the culmination of you know these these series of events over the last uh, ten years, um, and to just see them all presented in chronological order of uh, the lies, the obfuscations, then the admissions, then the retrospective law changes, um, really paints a picture of the tight-knit Five Eyes relationship and and almost the um, lawlessness and just general disregard for New Zealand sovereignty of our own GCSB, who is a member of that Five Eyes relationship.
1: Yeah, I would uh <laughs> I would totally agree with that
0: with that. Now, when you were making this film, I mean, you've made Operation 8 in the past. Um you've seen what the government uh, you know, is th- the lengths they're willing to go to to suppress uh alternate political viewpoints. Tell us a little bit about um how you got led into making this film. Obviously, you've got every big name when it comes uh to speaking out against mass surveillance in New Zealand, and uh, it's very well composed. But, of course, uh, in the course of the GCSB revelations, um, really, you know, I guess uh, for our listeners, and I don't want to spoil the film too much, everybody's got to go see it, and even what I'm going to say now isn't going to do it justice, so you'll still want to go see it. But uh, when the Plowshares activists cut the dome open, uh, why hope I was still... um, not very mainstream, you know there was a handful of protests every year in Blenheim, where people would go there and they 'd stand outside the fence. But you know not a lot of people uh, really cared about uh, what was going on there, and a lot of people didn 't even believe that it was happening. Um, the thought of government mass surveillance or certainly mass surveillance internally on its own citizens uh, was kind of seen as a, a wild conspiracy theory. Uh, and and still so when the activists cut that dome. Uh, and as you show in the film, the narrative surrounding the court case was a lot about uh, the Iraq war and trying to prevent the horrific abuses, cruise missiles in urban cities, uh, you know, indefinite detention and torture. Uh, so so the activists really, really felt like they were in the right, uh, disabling that dome. But of course, now we know that why well, hope i was up to much more it's not a conspiracy uh snowden proved that everything that those activists and Nicky hogger ever said was in fact uh totally correct and um i guess there's an intersection th- this is a long way to ask a question but there's an intersection between uh what you've covered in this current film and what happened in Operation 8? Because as we know, some of those New Zealanders who were illegally spied on by the GCSB, and of course, this only came out post-Snowden and post com they were in fact the Operation 8 activists. And so there's been this, um, you know, secret government versus the people uh, has been a reality that's been going on in New Zealand for some time, and you've actually been covering it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, we've got the FAS and the GCSPs that are the kind of political um, spy agencies. Um, originally, the FAS was, well, the FAS's focus is on New Zealanders and New Zealand, so they're an internal spy agency, but they also um, will be responsible for spying on New Zealanders if they are elsewhere in the world as well. Um, and now, obviously, the GCSB do both, and assist the SAS, I think, in terms of the technology to enable them to follow people around via their cell phones, gather all that kind of information.
0: And when, I mean, I guess the, the real theme for me that comes out of these films is that uh, the government routinely lies um and you know we've seen it with john key we've we've seen it proven now with the kim.com case and then subsequently the snowden revelations but as i said before that it was a bit conspiratorial and a bit taboo this idea that you know the government would um lie to its own people and the idea that the democracy was not actually representing the people who elected them, but was sort of um, subservient to a a higher corporate, you know, military-industrial complex um, embodied by the United States. Um, I guess people have spoken out about that for a long time, and they've been targeted, and no one believed them. Now we have proof. but. But you've actually been immersed in that community for some time. Uh, you made the Operation 8 documentary, you've obviously uh, known a lot of these people long enough to get access to all of this historical footage. Just tell us a little bit what, it, what it's what it been like, um, you know, being a filmmaker sitting on the sidelines of these events, and I guess now being 100% vindicated with uh, the mainstream narrative.
1: Um, well, well, I mean, yeah, it's important to realise that when we started filming for The first Eye, we were also filming Operation 8 at the same time. And so they, both of those stories kind of started around the same time. Operation 8 started at the, at the end of 2007, and the plowshares filming actually began, began in January 2008, when I just I went down to the anti-bases protest, um, and the three um, years activists were yeah. Yeah, scoping out the the base for their upcoming action, which happened a few months later. Um, so that was mostly by chance. And at, at the time, I thought that the um, spy base story might become part of the Operation Aid story, but that those what well, by the time we kind of finished editing Operation 8 that was apparent that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but it also way back then, yeah, there was there had been no Edward Snowden, and the government was still kind of denying the fact that Five Eyes existed, and whether or not New Zealand was even a partner in that. And, and obviously, that has all been blown wide open now, and and are kind of public relations at G C S B and I think all of the five eyes now is just to kind of say oh yeah of course you know it's the club um, don't worry about it we're not doing anything illegal and they're, so they're taking a very different footing to kind of sort of the bad press that has been coming out to try and get the public on board with things like cyber security i guess is the is the, the main um, point that they would make in kind of refusing to talk about any kind of surveillance or mass surveillance.
0: Now, one thing that really stuck out to me in the film, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty cynical guy, I've known this, but it just um, brought it back home that this isn't a national thing, this isn't a John Key thing, this has been entirely systematic. Uh, some of our greatest heroes, David Lange and Helen Clark, lied to our faces uh, to say that, you know, we weren't colluding in the system when secretly that's what they always intended, um, and, you know, using the excuse of naivete uh, just doesn't wash anymore. Do you think that this would be any different? I mean, I guess another thing that stuck out to me is in every clip uh, of uh the opposition railing against uh this paradigm, there was a different labor leader uh throughout the course of <laughs> your filming and uh you've got great shots of all of them. But, you know, would it would it be any different? Um if we have a change of government, there's still this um strong desire to cow toe to, you know, the regional sheriff in the form of the United States. Um there's a lot of fanfare sort of surrounding uh, the visit of a U.S. warship now. Um, I guess, yeah, is the opposite... In your your experience, having started this film under a Labour government that actually, um, you know, enabled some of this stuff, do you feel like those firebrand opposition speeches are genuine? How different do you think Labour would um, treat this paradigm? Well,
1: I mean, just... This week we've seen the Labour leader come out saying that he thinks we need a a deep relationship with the US in terms of kind of military, um, a military relationship, yeah, the Labour Party were kind of up in arms around the GCSB bill that was pushed through Parliament, that kind of supposedly came out of the Kim.com raids and the illegal spying on the 88 New Zealanders Um, whether or not they would actually do anything different I I agree is is hard to say Um, they were very vocal about it but as you pointed out they were complicit in having the base built and right up until National took over had kind of denied the existence of the
0: Yakuza Agreement and Five Eyes. Um, now, one you know, some people will say it's only eighty-eight New Zealanders. You know, over that long of time, we've got over four million. That's not that many. What do I have to worry? It couldn't happen to me. Um, we've you know we've well canvassed the nothing to fear, nothing to hide thought process uh, throughout the whole Snowden revelations. But um, you know, for those people who who feel like it doesn't really affect them where do you think um, we can see this mass surveillance um, collected all know-it-all um, government sort of big brother uh, paradigm Wh- where will we see this extending into next and I guess um, one obvious uh, intersection for me is of course the drug war we haven't seen it so much here in New Zealand, but a lot of these surveillance techniques uh, in other countries, certainly Central Asia and Latin America, um, you know, were researched and developed um, by fielding them against not you know nonviolent direct action activists, uh, but against uh, people you know using drugs, drug users, uh, quote unquote drug traffickers and. I have it on pretty good information that at least one if not several of those 88 New Zealanders where the GCSB was illegally used to real-time surveil them to assist the police in a domestic issue uh, was what was known as Operation Lime, the takedown of the switched on gardener hydroponic uh, indoor cultivation stores, uh, which which leaves a lot of questions. We've seen the Mr. Big operations coming in now. Um, w- w- where do you think this is going to go logically now that it's all kind of been retrospectively legalized?
1: Um, well, well, I think it, it is the normalization of surveillance and the normal, no, normalization that you, you know that nothing that you communicate is private. Um, so we have this really invasive um, capability from the. Their speed to, you know, r- to access all of our phone calls, all of our email, all of our texts, um, and as they becomes more and more normalised, they will push the ability to use that for lower and for a lower threshold for, yeah, crimes that maybe aren't relating to national security. Um, where I guess whereby in the past I would say well we we recognise that this is really invasive but it's only to be used for terrorism and then suddenly you find out that there's a whole lot of people who have been surveilling to do with yeah you you know selling um, hydroponic or um, whatever and, and and then there is I guess it all gets very muddy and but I think yeah the the general trend is to normalize it and then to try and extend those powers into everyday life. Um, and I think that, you know, we lose a part of ourselves when we lose our privacy. You know, our conversations and our, when we're writing to people, those are all private communications and they should be totally private. They shouldn't be collected. And, and, and the problem with collecting is, is that, then they can go, at any point, they can go back and fetch them um, if something was to happen in the future and then kind of go through all of this stuff to try and find something that might implicate you or show some kind of a trend, whether or not it's real or not. Yeah, um,
0: well, here in New Zealand, we seem to have uh, leapfrogged the drug war excuse and gone straight to copyright file sharing, which seems even more of a stretch, I think, uh, you know, for most normal law-abiding citizens. They may have never used drugs, but they've certainly borrowed a DVD off a friend at some point. Um, And that really seems to be um, an extreme extension in terms of this idea of national security. But I wonder, you know, another thing that didn't really exist when you started making these films um, was Facebook. And you know, how relevant do you think that is to these type of arguments where more and more we're seeing citizens uh click I agree to that end user license agreement without even reading it and voluntarily collecting and doing their own data entry for these intelligence databases uh bypassing the need for any active collection. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it's
1: really tough, you know, Facebook uh, Twitter and a lot of social media, people use them as their primary kind of communication tools now. A lot of people don't need text on their cell phones or make calls, they Facebook each other. Um, and so it's really I think it's really difficult when that when when those that software is also tied up with collecting uh, information for advertisers and then subsequently through a program like Prism, all of that information has also been fed to the NSA for the kind of Five Eyes mass surveillance. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the answer is, but yeah, it's definitely very problematic because people want to use those applications, they want to use social media. I guess I think there will be a point when suddenly it becomes more of a problem. But I, I, I can't really see exactly where that's all going to end.
0: Yeah, well, I guess uh, it all depends on who the dictator is uh, and how benevolent they are. But I guess one thing that we can say is, you know, the history of these events is is now duly recorded. It's on the official record. Um, You know, these films exist no matter how the government press releases or the mass media try to uh, selectively remember these events. um, At least we have a... Uh, a concrete record uh, coming from the right side and, and we really appreciate you doing that um, I guess the only other thing left to ask now is what is the next movie going to be because uh, if it's you know as good as these other two, I can't wait to see it
1: um, For the time being, we're kind of still focused on just getting the fifth eye um, out and about so we haven't really thought too much past that yet because this will probably take us you know uh six months to to get it we want to try and send it to some other international film festivals um we're hoping it'll get broadcast at some point um and hopefully we'll get a you know some kind of theatrical release after the film festival um so yeah we haven't thought a lot about the the next project um
0: Great job licensing all the footage. By the way, I saw some great clips in there. I mean, you have every clip that um, you you know that you would want to include, especially the Citizen Four footage. Was that difficult to do?
1: Um, no, that was you yeah, know, that was that was fine actually. Because we, we needed to have some of that material in there, and um, Edward Snowden, you know, he comes, he he is very useful in the film, and he comes to the party and tells us what we need to know and ultimately tells us the answers to everything that the politicians have been um, avoiding telling us. But uh, yeah, the politicians in the film, they're very good at reframing the question and so answering then a slightly different question, which is the technique that we saw a lot when we were going through a lot of this news material. So they'll be asked a specific question. And then the reply would be, oh, well, if you mean, are we doing this, which would be something slightly different, Mm. the answer is no. And it's kind of like, well, yeah. A good example would be, they always say, you know, is the mass surveillance happening within New Zealand? Um, They would say, well, if you mean are the NSA um, targeting New Zealanders as a class of person, no, they're not. And it's kind of like, well, no, of course they're not how you can't suck information out of a you know out of a cable based on the class of a person they're just taking everything but everything is reframed and 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 very carefully and thoughtfully to give the idea that of course this activity is not happening but it's so they're not lying they're just.
0: deliberately uh, <laughs> subterfuge subterfuge we call it not quite exactly. saying everything now um, yeah the the theater experience is not to be missed uh, for the Dunedin International Film Festival uh, the screening times are Monday the 8th of August at 6 p.m. and Tuesday the 9th of August at three fifteen 15 p.m. Um, are you guys gonna come down and talk as part of this I know that happens sometimes
1: yeah, we're coming down with um, the Christchurch and, and screenings, and so we'll be talking at all of the screenings. We have a question and answer afterwards, and we'll be there to introduce the film um, to begin with for 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 the two first screenings in Christchurch and the two in Dunedin, and then I think there's another screening in Christchurch that we're not going to be able to make.
0: Okay, so you guys are going to be there at both Dunedin screenings. Oh, that is great. So, if you like what you're hearing right now, and if you want to uh get up close and personal with Errol and Abby and uh, ask them some more of your own questions, come along to the Rialto uh on Monday the eighth at six or Tuesday the ninth at three fifteen and um yeah i'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm definitely gonna be there. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are gonna be there and uh this this for me is probably the most anticipated um film of the festival i'm a documentary junkie and a surveillance and uh... conspiratorially minded uh... but i think even that aside there's a lot of people uh looking forward to this and i'm sure it's gonna be packed and we really appreciate you taking so much time to talk with us about these issues this morning
1: Great. thanks for having me